Blog Talk Radio.
welcome to our Saturday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg. This is Face to Face. Um, we only have an hour-long broadcast tonight because Chris has a broken tooth still, and so he's going to be out at least one more night. But we're here for the next hour to intercede on behalf of the nations, to intercede on your behalf, to pray with you for whatever you need prayer for. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We have a chat room open on the Blog Talk Radio website. And if you can't get to a phone and you need immediate prayer, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And we've had some scheduling issues and technical issues the last couple of days, but it's fine because God's grace is sufficient. And so we're back tonight, um, even though it's for a shorter broadcast. Um, And, you know, we're always looking for anointed men and women of God to join us um, in this ministry because it's not about us. It's about him. And so tonight... I have invited one of my oldest friends in the whole world named Angela Perkins. And so before she gets on and shares with you whatever the Holy Spirit happens to lay on her heart when she gets on and starts to share with you, Angela has spent a great deal of time at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, and she is an amazing intercessor. She is an amazing relationship with the Lord, and she has an amazing anointing for music. Unfortunately, I don't have a piano in the studio tonight, so there won't be any piano. But she does have the ability to hear the voice of God clearly, and she has an amazing anointing on her life for someone so young. So I'm going to turn the broadcast over to her um, and let her pretty much do and say pretty much whatever God gives her to do and say. Um, once again, call in number 619-638-8458, and, and here is Angela Perkins. Hi, I'm Angela. I am Sean's, one of Sean's oldest friends. <laughs> He's known me for about 20 years, right? About 20 years since I was a baby. <clears throat> Um, So I'm just going to kind of see what the Lord has to say for us tonight. Um, I just want to be able to reflect the truth of God and who he really is. I think a lot of times, uh, at least in my experience, um, when I was younger and probably in most of y'all's experience, in life, there's a lot of churches out there and a lot of people out there who misrepresent our Father God and misrepresent the Holy Spirit and make him out to be like this mm, angry, somewhat overbearing father or someone who overlooks a lot of things and is only there to smack you around when you get in trouble and uh, just want you to know that that's not true. And I've learned that lesson, I guess you could say, the hard way. Um, when I was younger, I had really, really didn't know. I heard people talk about the love of God, and um, I believed that he loved me. I believed that he was kind, but I didn't know really what that meant. Um, and then I started, I guess I started just praying for other people. And in my intercession for other people, 
people that were close to me and people that I didn't even know or people that I hadn't seen in years, um, the Lord would just lay them on my heart and I'd just begin to pray for them. And sometimes I would lose sleep for days and uh, I had no idea why this was happening. And as I began to just pray for people and lift these people up, I began to feel the Lord's heart for them. I began to feel what Jesus felt for those people. And then it did something to me, like opened up this uh, place in my heart that I didn't really know was there, didn't know that it even existed or anything like that. Um, I was about, I want to say 13 when um, this started happening on a more frequent basis. I want to say at least two to three times a week. And uh, my parents were kind of concerned as to what was happening with me. Nobody could really figure anything out but what was going on was that the Lord was wanting to show me his heart for his people and in the end I found his heart for me uh, my brother Sean took me to a uh, conference at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City in 2001 and the Lord um, the Lord really wrecked me there <laughs> like in a good way um, I mean I was 13 and so I was really you know still just busy and didn't want to sit still for five minutes and I just didn't really I wanted to be there because I wanted to see what it was like um, but I you know I was a kid <laughs> and the Lord took the Lord took me away with him um, there was one specific day um, that someone was preaching I can't remember for the life of me what his name was but someone was preaching and I was just reading my Bible and um, trying to just tune everything out <laughs> And the Lord spoke to me, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was like in just one split second, everything that was going on in my life at the time and uh, all the things that I had experienced, all the people that had told me that God was different than the way he actually was, all of that was just erased. Um, and I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I felt his tenderness toward me. I felt that... His love for me was actually real. It wasn't um, It wasn't conditional. It wasn't based on what I did or said. Um, even as a child, it wasn't about my immaturity. It wasn't about anything. And it wasn't the fact that I was even a child. He just loved me because he loved me. And, and I, I wasn't even doing anything. It was because his mercy was just after me. His mercy was just wanting to meet with me he just wanted to meet with me and um so i just want to encourage everybody that um you know i'm 23 now so i've been spending a lot of time in prayer with him and getting to know him a lot better and going through seasons of of everything <laughs> and the only consistent thing that i can say regardless of anything that's ever happened to me or anything i've faced in my life is that the lord's love has always been there for me to lean on um at all times, in the good and in the bad, he's always there and he's always loving and always tender, regardless of anything that I do or anything that I'm capable of doing. He's still there, and his love is so powerful that, um, you know, we a lot of times we dictate God by our experiences. Um, a lot of times we dictate God by our sin. We say, oh, our sin is so big and so powerful that God can't meet us here or God can't love me, and that's a lie. A lot of times the way we feel, um, we we put the way we feel over the way God feels about us, and that's just not, that's not the way God intended it. 
God intended us for us to walk and talk with him as Adam and Eve did before the fall. And um, now that Jesus has come, we have that access and that garden now is inside of us. When we receive Jesus, we receive his father and his spirit. And um, when we follow after him, we basically decide to surrender our will to really just give up and say, okay, I might be strong and I might have this stubborn will and I might not, you know, be so tender, but God, you're tender and I want what you want for me and I want what you have for me. So I'm willing to live um, in you and I'm willing to let you live through me. And that place in our heart that that's just continually searching for substance and continually searching for um, something real begins to grow. And that place in our hearts is now the garden. That place in our hearts is now the Ark of the Covenant because we literally bear the word of God within us. Like um, in Genesis 1, it says, the, the beginning of the Bible starts out, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And that's how, that's how everything began here on this earth. Um, that's how everything started, was just with one word of his mouth. And then uh, we see it in John 1, if I can find it here in my big old Bible. <clears throat> John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And so here we see that the Lord, he's just, he's everything. And when he speaks, things are created. And um, when Jesus came to the earth and we received him as the image of the invisible God, um, a lot of, I mean, well, technically everybody rejected him, but a lot of people did receive him as God. And when we receive him as God, he makes his home in us. He uh, he says, if you if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and me and my Father and my Spirit will come and make our home in you. That's um, I recommend reading John 14 through 17. So when when you accept the Lord, when you receive the Lord, it's not just so. Oh, okay, I'm saved. Um, I'm just gonna you know go about my life and just kind of do as I please and just trust that you're always there. I mean, you can do that, but you're missing out because a relationship with the Lord is there's nothing like it. I mean, imagine if you've ever been in love, imagine being in love in the deepest part of your core that no one else could ever have, no one else could ever touch. And no matter what substance you've taken or no matter how many times you've been intoxicated or no matter, you know, what kind of beautiful places on the earth you've seen, you've, you've never experienced beauty like him. You've never experienced love like him. And um, when you receive him as he is, not as people say he is, not as sometimes we make this image of God in our own mind and, 
we make him out to be like, you know, this this um, carefree type of person or maybe a, an angry type of person. Or a lot of times we see God as we see our earthly father, but he's he's not like man. He's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't, um, he won't back down. He won't back off. He doesn't overlook things. He He loves you. I mean, he's a gentleman. You have the choice to receive him or not to receive him, but it's not going to change his love for you. Um, he just is who he is, and we can't let our circumstances dictate that because he's just so much bigger than those things. And, um, you know, the garden is your heart. The garden of God is in your soul. The place where he wants to rest is within us. It's within me. And the way to access that is just to receive him as he is, to receive the Holy Spirit as he is to make the decision to lay down our ideas of him, to lay down what we think he should be like and lay down uh, what we've been told he is like and say, who are you really? God, how do you feel about me? What is what is your spirit saying about me? What do, you, what do you think about this situation or that situation? Or, you know, what do you think about? I mean, could you imagine asking the God of heaven what he thinks about I mean, it says that his ways are higher than our ways. Well, what are his ways? What are they like? Because a lot of times we can look through the Bible and see just a bunch of rules. But those are just aspects of who he is, like the way he works and things. I mean, could you explain to a four-year-old why he or she can't stick their finger in a light socket? Could you even begin to explain the electricity and and what happens with that and no they they wouldn't understand it i mean you could talk to them all day long and they wouldn't get it well that's how we are with god we don't always mentally in fact we probably never will mentally understand um who he is and and what he's about as far as like you know thou shalt not and that kind of stuff we may not ever mentally get it but that's the thing about trust and surrender. When you're able to surrender, it's it's freeing. It's bliss. It's not like, okay, I'm going to just give up everything and then nothing's going to happen. Because the Bible says those who wait on the Lord will not be ashamed. Um, so I just want to encourage everybody that, um, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in. You might be going through a lot of different things and you might feel all of these different things, you might feel, you know, hopeless or alone or just angry at the world and angry at the darkness and on the earth and um, just how people, I mean, people can be really, really mean, but you have to make the choice to lay those things down at his altar and, you know, what does love look like? Just, Just think to yourself for a second, what does love look like? I mean, what did Jesus give up for us? I mean, Jesus was, he he wasn't like in the flesh quite yet. I mean, he was, he was ministering to the flesh, but he hadn't manifested himself in the flesh yet. I mean, he was surrounded by all these angels and all these elders and in a place of beauty where there was no suffering. I mean, this is God. Like, I mean, he's a really big dude. <laughs> you know, he had everything. He he had literally everything, and he gave all of that up and became a baby. Like the God of heaven 
the God who was there before there was time, the God who was there always, he never had a beginning. He just always was there. He decided that he loved us so much and wanted us to be with him so deeply that he became a baby. He, could, he, he was fully God and fully man, and he went through all the things that we go through. He felt all the things that we feel, and he still made the decision when we were rejecting him and spitting in his face. He still made the decision, even through his feelings, to say, I love you. He was always tender toward us, and he always wanted us. He was able to recognize who we are in our spirit, regardless of what the enemy said, because I guarantee you the accuser of the brethren was throwing that in his face. You know, look at all these people. They're rejecting you. They're denying you. Da, 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 da. They don't care. Da, 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 da. You gave all of this stuff up for them. And you know what? He looked deep into the eyes of the people that he loved that were spitting in his face and said, you know what? Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just children. They don't know what's up. They don't know what's going on. And I want to surrender my entire being to you, Father, because I love these people, and these people are my gift from you. Like, if you think about it for a second, we're literally the Father's gift to his son. Like, that's why we were created. We're a gift to Jesus. And we're sitting there in our stuff, you know, in the middle of our situations and circumstances and um, you know, maybe some of us are are still struggling, and and um, it, it's okay to struggle, you know. And we all go through struggles. I have them. Everybody's got them. And you know, we we can be sitting there looking at our circumstances with the naked eye, so to speak, and going, God, where are you? God, where are you? But here's a good question: Where where are we? Like, I mean, this this beautiful God lives within us, and we're sitting looking out side of things, looking out on the outer perspective, looking out, looking to things to provide for us that, that we have no business looking to, looking to things to meet our inner need. Um, like just today, I I was watching a, a precious little girl who just began to throw a tantrum, and you know, she's about five, and she's been through some stuff, and um, she just kind of went nuts on me, and then I was like, okay, something's going on here, you know. Kids don't just randomly throw tantrums like that for no reason. Something's going on, and I checked to see how she was feeling, and she ended up having a fever. And uh, as she had a fever, she began to feel worse. I gave her some medicine, and she still felt worse, and she ended up feeling so bad that she just, she wouldn't even let me give her anything to eat. She wouldn't eat anything. She wouldn't drink anything. And uh, I started getting a little bit concerned because I just wanted her to be okay. And then she just started throwing things at me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, something's going on here. And I was like, Lord, you know, what's going on with this baby girl? And immediately she said, I just miss my daddy. I just want my daddy. And a lot of times that's how we are. We're sitting there in in our circumstances and our situations, and we're getting mad at God. Why won't you do this? Why won't you do that? Da, 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 da. But I just want to challenge you to look inside yourself for a second and say, what is it that you really want? Do you really want 
everything to to just work out right? Do you really want all your ducks in a row? Because honestly, they're probably never going to get there. I mean, do you really want everything to just be perfect? I mean, would that really help you? Because I know a lot of people who have uh, money and all of their circumstances look great on the outside, but on the inside, they're freaking out. They can't ever have enough because, you know, what did the kid need? The kid, the baby girl, she needed her daddy. I gave her the medicine. I tried to give her food. She wouldn't take it. What did she really want? She wanted her daddy. And that's a lot of times how we are. We just, we're looking to other things the entire time. And then sometimes it takes going around the same mountain a few times to realize what we really want. Or should I say, um, who we really want. And um, the key is is not looking to uh, not looking to circumstances or things to dictate who God is and how He feels about us. The key is to look to Him and ask Him, God, how do you feel about us? Or you know, if we're feeling like He's completely distant, and it's okay to feel that way. We know what the truth is. We know the truth. The Bible says that. He's always with us no matter what. So feel free to ask God, where were you? Because you know the truth in your spirit. You know what the truth is. And it's okay to feel those things. And he he knows what we go through, and he knows we're going to feel those things. And that's okay. You know, he's our father. He knows He's mindful that we're only dust. I mean, he was the God that made us out of dirt, and he just decided to breathe into us and give us a spirit so that we could live with him eternally. He knows what's going on. It, you know, he's not oblivious to our circumstances. Um, and he's not certainly not overlooking our heart and what's really inside of us. Um, he's just, he's a beautiful God, and he's absolutely tender. And, um, you know, just remember that the inside of us is where we live. It's not on the outside. I mean, we can, you know, we can go about our daily lives and do what we need to do, but we can do that and never really live. And Jesus came so that we could live life abundantly, not just survive. He doesn't want us to just get by. He doesn't want us to just survive on a little communion cup full of water. He wants us to drink of living water. He wants us to drink of the rivers of his pleasure. That's uh, Psalms 36. He wants us to, to really be able to say, not my will, but yours be done, and experience the heart of God in it. Um, and he's faithful to finish what he started. You know, if you've received God and you're kind of wondering, okay, what happens next? Um, or maybe if you just haven't had a touch from the Lord in a while, I want to encourage you to just seek after him. If that means locking yourself up in a room for three days, do it. I mean, if that means, you know, very gently telling people, I need to go on a vacation for a couple of days and just be with God, then do it. If you can't take a vacation, if you can't go out and have time to yourself, meet with him in your daily life. You can have a conversation with God in your spirit and still have a conversation with the person right in front of you, and they would never know it, except for the light in your eyes. See, God God can meet with us on any terms. I guarantee you, your spirit man is always awake when when you're in the presence of the Lord. So even when, when you're sleeping, um, you can pray. If you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you've received him, if you receive the Holy Spirit, you can 
you have access to to talk to him at all times, to pray at all times. So what does that look like? Is that God help me this, God help me that, or, you know, well, yeah, I can, <laughs> um, you know, and it does, and that's fine. But he, he wants us to actually live, and to do that is to look into his beauty. I mean, this is a beautiful God. So what does he look like? I just want you to um, take some time and just ask God who he is and what he feels about you and just ask him, Lord, you're a beautiful God. What what do you look like? What's inside your eyes? What's in your soul? How do you feel about me when you look at me? So I'm going to just play a song here, and I just want you to take some time out of your busy day and just hang out with Jesus and and ask him what he's really like. Lord, we say, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even One 
Hi, this is Prayer International Radio. I'm Angela Perkins, and um, we just took a little five-minute break to spend time with Jesus and ask him what he's really like and how he really feels about us. So, I would like to take some time out and ask everybody if you would like to call in, if you need prayer, or if you're having trouble hearing the voice of the Lord or uh, anything like that, now's the time to call. I'm going to read from John 15. I'm the vine, and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So here we see that Jesus is saying, I want you to be with me. I just want you to come and sit with me and uh, dine with me. Just, Just talk with me. Just be with me. He's saying, my Father is glorified in this. This is how you bear fruit. This is how you help other people. This is how you help yourself. This is what you were made to do. This is how God is glorified, not by your works or by by your deeds, because those are just filthy rags. He's glorified when you lay yourself down before him in the presence of the Holy Spirit and the spirit of truth and say, you know, I just love you. I just want to be with you. I just want to... Think about the things that you say all day long. I just want to experience the way that you feel about me at all times. And, you know, it's not about the words that you say or the things that you believe. It's about who he is within you. I mean, the same spirit that created the earth, the same spirit that created the entire universe, the same spirit that is is within you is the same spirit that created all things. The same spirit that lives within your soul is the same spirit that goes and delivers people, sets the captives free. And this God wants to be with you. And it's very easy. It's not some weird, like, supernatural, you know, 12 steps to the Holy Spirit program. It's not like that. I mean, the... The Holy Spirit's like a like an individual. He's like a he's a person and he's bigger than a person, but he has a personality. He has attributes and characteristics. He's not a, a tool and he's certainly not something that, you know, we can access by what we do or even how we feel. We just have to ask. We just have to ask him, Who are you? What are you like? You know, and um, a lot of us have trouble receiving love, especially if we've been through trauma or broken broken relationships or broken homes or 
um, you know, a lot of us have trouble just receiving who he is just because of our own stuff that we go through. But you know what? Everybody goes through things. Everybody goes through difficult things. Um, you know, pain is pain. One person might have a, a higher tolerance than another, but pain is pain, and we all we all go through it. We all go through sin. We all go through struggles. We all go through those things. But it doesn't hold a candle to the power of God. It doesn't doesn't hold a candle to the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't even affect Him at all. He He took all the sin in the world and conquered it. He took all the diseases in the world and conquered them in three days. <laughs> You know, that was it. He said it was finished, and he meant it. And um, in the same way, when we we receive him on a daily basis, you know, we're saying, God, you conquered all of these things. I can live in you. It's just accepting who he is and what he's done for you. It's not about what you do. He, he loves you regardless. Um, you know, I'm not saying to, you know, go pray in the spirit for 15 minutes and then go do whatever you want because, you know, that would just be taking advantage of the person that you love. That would be like, you know, cheating on your husband or your wife. And um, that's rejecting love. To truly accept his love is to follow him, to follow after him, to receive what he says and to actually do it, not just to hear what he says and say, oh, that's nice, but to actually live on it. Because he said that, you know, man doesn't just live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So um, further in John 15, it says, um, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So, you know, a lot of times when he says, I command you this, or this is my commandment, we go, ah, a rule... I don't like rules. Rules are made to be broken. Well, think about it like this. His ways are higher than our ways. I like to kind of think about it like this. If if uh, there's a moving train coming, it's, you know, coming at 90 miles an hour down the rail. If you stand on those rails, you're going to get hit, and you're probably going to die. You're not going to make it. Okay, let's just be realistic that people don't survive that. But if you're on board the train, you're going to be just fine. It has nothing to do with anything other than the power and that force of that train is so great. If you're not on board, it's going to hurt. Well, in the same way, God's love is limitless. God's love is powerful. And God's love has no limit and no end 
and he has directed his love toward us. He says that we're the objects of his affection. We're the apple of his eye. When you don't receive God's love, it hurts you just as a byproduct. If I go walk out in the middle of the street right now and get hit by a car, it's probably going to hurt. But if I'm the one driving the car and nobody's in the middle of the road and nobody gets hurt, right? If we receive God's love, we become... We become who we really are. That's like, you know, putting on your dress shoes and saying, okay, this is who I really am. You know, knowing who you really are makes a huge difference in our walk with the Lord because we're really his children. And knowing who he really is in us is the only way to know who we really are as people. And when we receive his love, we become like him. When we behold him, we become like him. When we look into his eyes and that is possible because our spirit is seated and like we're literally seated in heavenly places with Christ. Like right now, I mean, I might be sitting in the studio talking to you guys, but I'm also seated in heavenly places with Christ at this very second. And when we receive his love, we become like him. So I have the ability as a, as a child of the Lord to go to my father and talk to him Like it's nothing because it's his work, not mine. He already did it. I'm just receiving it. If I don't receive it, it's hurting me. It's like, um, it's like refusing to drink water. It's, it's actually hurting you or refusing to eat. You're, you're going to starve. It's just what happens, cause and effect, right? When, when we don't receive the love of God, when we aren't willing to lay down our pride and, our, our ego, or um, when we aren't willing to lay down the things that have happened to us and receive who he really is, it actually hurts us further. It actually, you're, you're refusing to meet that inner need. You're refusing yourself. You're sinning against yourself, and you're sinning against the Lord because you're saying, God, I, I want you, but I, I'm not willing to rest in you. God, I want you, but my works are, are cooler than yours. God, I want you, but um, I'm supposed to do all these 50 things to get your attention when he's sitting there looking at you in the face and he just wants to be with you, just wants you to, to relax, chill out, just breathe a little bit and let him take over. I mean, he's not, he's not an angry God. He's not somebody that's turning you away. He's constantly after you. All you have to do is just receive him. So I'm going to read um, John 14. He says, let, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's, my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So he's he's saying, basically, I just want to be with you. Don't worry. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. I mean, you believe the fa- you believe in the Father. Why not believe in the works of Jesus? Why not believe in the heart of God, who who's totally in love with you? Why not just give up your circumstances and and give up your sin and say, I 
I just want to know your love. Your love is so great and so powerful. What, what is his love like? What is his love like? How does he really feel about us? A good answer to that question, which you can find in your personal time also, because Jesus is a fascinating book. If you can't read the Bible, read Jesus. Isaiah 53 says, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him not, stricken by God. Yet we, yet we esteemed, esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And you can read that chapter all day long, and I would encourage it. You know, every time you get a, a lunch break or a break during your day or if you're looking for a job like me, you know, take some time out and just focus on what he's done for you because what he's done is timeless. God, time really doesn't exist. Time is, is a way that we, you know, we try to function on this earth to keep everything orderly because it's chaotic. And um, the thing is, is that he, he doesn't operate like that. His his ways are higher than our ways. So when he when he does something, that's it. When he created the earth, it's created. I mean, does the sun rising stop the earth from spinning? No. He's the only one that can control that. So when he died and rose again, that was it. That was it. All the, all the things that have happened in your past and all the things that you will do, because you will, you know, I will. I'll mess up all the time. I mess up every day. But God has, has canceled that sin and said, no, it does not have power over you. I have power over you. You belong to me. You don't belong to your sin. You don't belong to your pain. You don't belong to your circumstances. You belong to me. I am your father, and I love you. So think about it. You belong to love. I don't care what you've gone through. You belong to love. And you can accept that and deal with it, or you can throw it away and not believe it. That's your choice. You can experience the beauty of an, a limitless God. I mean, if you if you go to a beach and, and you look on the horizon, it, it looks like it never stops. Well, think about the God who made that, you know. Think about the God who never stops loving you. He's, he's beautiful. He's limitless in power, and he says that his love is power. When you're praying for somebody to get healed for something or you're praying for a friend that's going through a hard time, love is the answer. Not telling them how to live their life, not telling them how how bad they are or what they've gone through, because Jesus doesn't do that. He loves us, and his love is what changes us, not our works, lest any man should boast. But his love, his love is power. His love is the work. And that's already been done. And we can choose to rest in that. And we can choose to give that to other people. And we can choose to live abundantly. Or we can choose to, um, you know, pull up your bootstraps and try to face life on your own, which I don't know about you, but I've tried to do that. And it doesn't work. (laughs) 
and it's not fun, and you're going to keep just going around the same mountain a million times. It's it's just not worth it. Why not give God a chance? Why not um, throw up your hands and say, I can't do this. I might be strong-willed. I might be stubborn. You know, I might have lived life, and I might have seen the world, but I don't know how to live. I don't know how to live abundantly. How do I do that? And just begin to ask him, begin to cry out to him, talk to him, ask him how he feels about you, ask him what he thinks about you, ask him what he thinks about it in general, ask him what his heart is like, ask him what it was like for him when he was living on the earth as a man, ask him what it's going to be like when he comes back as a king. So I just want to encourage you and challenge you to take up your cross, look into Jesus, and look at what he's done on a daily basis. Stay in the Word. Stay in Isaiah 53. Stay in John 14 through 17. And wherever the Holy Spirit leads you, and just spend time in the Holy Spirit. Spend time with him. And uh, I, I will bet my life that everything in your entire life is going to be different. Everything. You may not see it right away, but your heart will recognize the truth. So I want you guys to be encouraged and um, just be filled with joy of the Holy Spirit. And thank you for listening to Prayer International.